This is the Life of Dads podcast, episode two. We are going to talk this week about the reframing of the end of relationships. And without further ado, my buddy JC over there. Hey, thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, I'd like to start off with a little correction, omission. You know, I had a, you know, I had a listener you know, get all upset. You know, I offended him with the whole verbal assault on Albuquerque, New Mexico. I will say that Albuquerque has its nice perks. Uh, the weather's pretty good all year round, and the housing market is cheaper than on the east or west coast. So that's all I have right now. You know, hope I'm back in good graces, but whatever. <laughs> it's Albuquerque. I mean, you've probably offended maybe the one person in Albuquerque that would have ever been offended. I don't know, because you have Breaking Bad and cops are filmed here. But again, nice weather most of the year and good housing prices. It's like San Diego without the beach. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, what are what are we doing this podcast for? Our listener actually was saying that they were having some struggles going through their relationship. Their ex had started seeing somebody. So we kind of wanted to address that and say thanks for the question first. But, you know, maybe it's easier for us to talk about what we went through and maybe how – that can help other people, including our listener that asks us this important question. Yes. And I think what might really help is just going over the five stages of grief, which is the Kubler-Ross model. Okay. And, um, you know, there's an acronym. It's DABDA. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> Give me some DABDA, around. bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd want to be going around being like, hey, what's up? I got some DABDA up in here. Nah, but uh, the five stages uh, that we'll go over is denial. And, and this is an order, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. All right. All right. So denial. One of the first reactions is denial, wherein the survivor imagines a false, preferable reality. Wow. So that's some pretty serious stuff. Um, I think we can all say we've denied a few things in our day. Yeah. And I had denial. So my first ex-wife straight up said... I'm not in love with you anymore. And to me, there was no way that was possible. I mean, at that <laughs> so point, I'm, I'm going to go with that's that's denial right there. <laughs> that is the summer. That's the textbook definition of denial. Yeah, I was doing everything, you know, or so I thought to save the marriage. I was trying to be home more. Uh, I was trying to spend more time with the with the kid. I was trying to cook, clean, go on a you know adventures, you know. Like, why would you leave me? I'm like super duper awesome guy. You know, I remember telling my mom, you know, I'll win her back. Yeah, that turned out as planned. So I'm, I'm going to go with that didn't end well. Um, yeah. Are you still divorced? Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm guessing you're not back in that relationship with her. No. <laughs> um, all right. And it, so, all, it all worked out good. So we are where we are now for for good reason. So um, I wish I had been in denial. Um, there was definitely no denial when my marriage ended. I found a lot of texts and pics to an old boyfriend that she had been sending pretty much throughout the entire marriage. That that pretty much to me just told me straight up that, uh, yep, game over. Uh, there's no love left in this one. I didn't have that that denial of, oh, well, it's not over yet. Maybe we can fix things. Maybe we can get back together right away. I, I kind of skipped denial and went straight into anger. 
<laughs> there was yeah. he. I don't even say it was anger. I'd pretty much call it blind rage um, when I found those texts and pics. Man, I didn't know what to do with myself, and I exploded. Okay, it was, well, let me then uh, explain here in the Kubler model here what it really like. What's you know how it's defined. Um, when the individual recognizes that denial cannot continue, it becomes frustrated, especially at proximate individuals. So the person you're angry at. Okay. Yeah, you start thinking things like, why me? It's not fair. How can this happen to me? Who's to blame? Or even, why would God let this happen? Okay. Yeah, so, pretty much went right into the. I think I pretty much yelled or was uh, loud <laughs> asking those questions to my significant other. Yeah, but for me, I was pretty pissed off. Like, I wanted to just jack up her email account, Facebooks. Uh, I thought about popping guitars on her car, you know, some real dub stuff. Like, I'm like guessing. Like, I'm guessing. Her face, dude. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm hoping that none of those things happened, although I would have liked to have seen a pie in the face. Yes. Like, That's- <laughs> I, I just wanted to go up to her house and be like, big hey, dog. And she'd open up and be like, pow! Pie in the face. But, you know, like Chris said, I just want to point out, I did not act on any of those. Always Um, good. And we're certainly not endorsing doing that, especially (laughs) the pie in the face. That's very vaudevillian. Well, I mean, they're just thoughts, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, don't go out and be pied your ex in the face. But if you do film it and send it to us. Uh, what about your anger, Ben? I know you have some. Um, so I kind of did a lot of dumb stuff. I did have access to her Facebook and her phones and email. I probably was very immature about it, but I, I certainly did go looking because, you know, I had already come across certain evidence and I thought, all right, you know what? Let's go for Brooke. Let's find everything and I'm just going to throw it in her face. And, you know, it was very immature. Um, I didn't need to at that point. It was it was already over. So I think what I wound up doing, rather than really being, hey, this is in your face now, I wound up hurting myself and realizing that what had been going on and transpiring, with, why did I want to know more? I already knew what I needed to know to get out of it. But let's go ahead and just add on so I can hurt myself more because I think I'm going to feel better if I can throw this in her face. And it turned out I just wound up hurting myself even more. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of throwing things in, uh, in their faces. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't throw literal daggers, but there were enough verbal daggers. <laughs> oh, man. It was bad. Um, and we fought and yelled and screamed. And, you know, really, we didn't do anybody any justice when, in reality, the best thing to do at that point was just to step away and stop. I think that kind of led me into the bargaining of, well, if I get all this information, maybe I can use this against her and yeah. then I'll get what I want out of this. Yeah, because that's exactly what the third stage is, bargaining. Boom, look Uh, at that. I didn't even need to look at the list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it involves the hope that individuals can avoid a cause of grief. Let me kind of go into what my grief was (laughs) and my bargaining of all that. It was really easy to go from anger to bargaining. Because I thought, all right, well, if she stops seeing this guy, then we're going to be able to put our family back together. That's going to make it all better. Like, we're going to think about the kids. We're going to move past this. And it's not going to be a big deal. But the more we tried to put things together, 
the more we actually ended up hurting ourselves because it was almost immediately that we would go right back into things. Maybe, you know, we'd give it a week and then we'd see each other for dinner and then we'd actually try to hang out again and hanging out again. I would just see her touch her phone and text somebody. It would be someone so benign. It might be her mom. But to me, in my head, I just let this thing go and it became, oh, she's texting him. Oh, I, oh, she's doing this. Oh, she's really doing that. And then, you know, she had the same kind of like, well, what's he doing? Why is he freaking out? I'm just talking to my mom or I'm, oh, I'm talking to my friend or it, it, just something completely benign. And there it was. But we had both started seeing other people at that point. I think she had kind of. She was already seeing other well, people at that point. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? You're absolutely right. She was already seeing people. And I think that's where I was kind of in that. Well, all right, you know, maybe I'll start seeing people. And that didn't help things because, you know, I'm seeing this person. They want my attention. And now I'm going to try and fix things with my ex. Oh, this is going to end very badly. There was no time to heal. There was no separation. There was no let's work on ourselves. And if this really should work, then we'll come back together and this will work. But we went into it with the same problems, same problems. And we just burned each other over and over again. Yeah, I tried to bargain a bit. <laughs> yeah. Mine's, mine's a little elementary. <laughs> you know, I don't want to use the choo-choo trades, but yeah, um, you know, I try to explain. You know, I sat her down, at, you know, outside on a patio at my parents' house. You know, it's just like, look, you know, it's like we're on the same train track. You know, we're heading the same direction. You maybe go at 60 miles an hour. I'm going 20, okay? But eventually, I'll catch up to you. You know, I'm a slow starter. And she just had this look on her face. Like, dude, you need to move on. Or it was that other look of like how pathetic I am. But that's pretty much what jumped me right into the next stage, which is depression. Yeah. So it definitely sounded like you guys were on the same track. It just kind of looked like a head on collision rather than one behind the other. She had already moved on, man. She was already like, how do I get rid of this dude (laughs) without making him cry in front of me, without him begging? But, you know, it's okay if you cry. You're still a man. And, you know, I, I have to say this, like going into the depression thing, right, is... You know, everyone's like, oh, well, all these other guys, they're, they're not they're not emotional. That's a lie. Yeah, that is so, such a lie. All men will break down and yes. have that moment where it's it, it's depressing. All all of us have it. Yeah. So that's the fourth stage. Uh, and the Kubler model explains it as I'm so sad. Why bother with anything? I'm never going to get married again or find the right one. Uh, so it's a scarcity problem. That's that's kind of what we adapt into that. Yeah, part of that depression. In general, during the fourth stage, uh, the individual becomes saddened by the uh, by the certainty of divorce. You know, in this state, you know, the individual may become silent, refuse visitors, and you know, and spend much of their time, you know, mournful and sullen. So yeah, isolating. Yeah, I did quite a bit of isolation, but uh, yeah, I didn't talk to anyone. Uh, I became a damn recluse. Like, <laughs> I lost a job, man, like all kinds of stupid stuff. But, you know, I knew I had to get through it. And eventually I did. It just takes time. Uh, You know, you just have to find someone that will just listen. You know, 
you don't need some dumb ideas and somebody to explain to you like, oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. You just need that person. You could just release your emotions on, you know, yes, crying. It happens. It does. And it happened to me. Like I remember being on the phone with my sister and I just bawled like a crybaby. And I'm just like, what, what? What, what am I doing? <laughs> what are they, my face is wet. What is going on here? <laughs> yeah, it just it just came out, man. Like 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 waterfalls. Yeah, I, yeah. I was really I was really hurt, and uh, actually, it was like the the day after. It could have been the same evening that you know I tried to do the whole bargaining thing, and she just was like, "Nah, dude." I I went through a depression for um, for I don't know, man, quite a few months to be be honest. Uh, just sat alone and just didn't want to do anything and pretty depressed. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling a little depressed right now just thinking about that. <laughs> um, but I had the the friends that would listen, but I also had the friends that were like, oh, you just need to jump back on the horse and you need to you need to go out there and just meet girls and, and get into a new relationship and just get laid. And I think that was probably like the worst advice people had given me because I really wasn't in the mood to do that. I was just kind of, I need to kind of figure myself out at this point and I think that's one of the best pieces of advice is while you're feeling like this this is a lot of good time that you have to work on yourself all those things that maybe your ex-wife hated you're a little bit overweight you really don't like doing this or you know what if she like what if she didn't couldn't eat blueberries you know (laughs) this is your time to go out and just scarf some blueberries like I'm going to go eat them because she said I couldn't. We could never have them in the house or, you know, what if, or if she had a lactose problem. I'm going to drink a gallon of milk and see what that happens. <laughs> Dude, are you telling me that you chose blueberries? <laughs> um, I didn't choose blueberries per se, but we'll just call it that was what I went with. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she wouldn't let me eat blueberries and I decided that's, <laughs> that's what I was going to do. Are you for real? No, no. I'm just going to use that as what actually happened because it's far less exciting than blueberries, if you can imagine. (laughs) No, I. uh, Funny enough, my depression was way, way worse. So I did isolate. I went and just completely cut everybody off around me. Even my closest friends, I didn't want to talk to. I didn't even want to talk to you, man. I remember there was. I, I called you briefly, and then I was like, "It's over," and you're like okay, let's talk. And then I think we just kind of went a few weeks without me even poking my head out of the house. Yeah, I'm an asshole. You don't want to talk to me when you have Yeah, I know, man. (laughs) I know, I tried. You cut me off. (laughs) I'm like, dude, just get over it. Stop being a punk. You know, that's that's usually what you hear from people. You know, that is a lot. Is, like you said, let's get out. You know, let's get you laid. Let's get you drunk. Yep. But that's not what you want. You just it, want somebody to listen to you. Exactly. And it doesn't matter what it is. There, you you just need to get it off and just have some laughs. Just that camaraderie of guy time to really get out there. Yeah, I'll bring Um, you some tissues. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. But the big thing for me and the one thing I've noticed that when I get in that depression state, and this goes, you know, for all breakups that I've ever been through is I stop eating. Like I probably went from in my divorce 200 plus pounds. I probably dropped to like 180 
in the course of a month without exercise. Like it just, I didn't want to eat. I didn't, like every time I would cook for the kids, I would just let them eat and watch because I wasn't hungry. And they would ask me all the time, like, do you want to eat with us, dad? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'll sit at the table and I would just have a glass of water sitting there. And that's, that's pretty much it, man. I would not eat anything. I just could not find, you know, the, the desire to eat. Yeah. I think that happens to quite a few people, to be honest with you, which pretty much then, uh, I, I don't know how long you were in your depressed state, but uh, mine was just a few months. Hmm. Problem with my depression was that it went back and forth between depression and anger, depression and anger. And then there were times where I would feel a decent amount of each. And I'd probably feel like all four or five different emotions at the same time. Uh, all in one day. <laughs> yeah, like I would roller coaster and it was it was not fun. But I'd probably say the depression <laughs> probably lasted for a few months. Wow, my dog just coughed in the background. That was huge. <laughs> Last week, it was squeaky toys this week he's coughing on a sock awesome yeah probably lasted a couple months man i definitely was in that at least four months of depression it got better obviously as it kept going along and then as the real friends you included just kind of started getting me out of this funk like let's talk let's work on you let's get better you know stop focusing on all the good stuff that happened you gotta remember that sometimes there were bad things that happened. What happened during those times that you really didn't like? Yeah, and uh, the people that are listening, if you're going through uh, some depression issues right now, uh, just remember, uh, we're here. If you uh, want to call or shoot us an email, uh, you can get us at uh, support at thelifeofdads.com. And yeah, we're here for you. Seriously. Yeah, Please. so let's jump into the best part of the five stages. Woo, my favorite part. <laughs> That's right. We're going to do acceptance. All right. Um, and the way it's listed in the, you know, the Kubra model is it's going to be okay. I can fight it. I may as well prepare for it. Like I can't fight it. I may as well prepare for it. So, you know, with me, <laughs> you know, pretty soon after the depression, you know, cause like I said, it was only a couple of months, you know, I was able to accept that it was over. It, you know, it didn't happen too quickly, right? A couple of months, that's, it's fast in a sense of uh, a year, but when you're living it, it's not really that long or, you know, so. Yeah, it feels like forever. Absolutely. I think it probably felt like I had been depressed probably like five years when in the course, it was probably only four months. The acceptance, uh, I think, probably took me a long time. You know, when I was in it, uh, probably took me a good year. I just finally said, yep, it's over. I'm just a complete mess. It's time to just get back on the train, you know, get back on the horse, so to speak. And then I made a point to go out and meet new people and uh, see if I can find the next woman I can have a meaningful relationship with. You know, I went on a bunch of dates, uh, went on actually a couple dates where I just wasn't in it. You know, if I could go back in time, I'd probably change a couple of those (laughs) because... Some of the people that I bet, you know, they were actually really great. And I just never, you know, I just never saw over my own shadow. Yeah, it's hard to see the forest through the trees. And when you're in that throw of depression or any of those other stages, it you kind of sabotage yourself in relationships. Yeah, but, you know, we all want to be loved, man. And we, we all want to love somebody and just be loved and have a great relationship. You know, some some guys out there, you know, they're not about that. That's that's cool. Same thing. Some women are out there that's, you know, they don't, they're not into that, but my personality type, I love to feel loved and I love to give love. So 
Yeah. And companionship's a big part, you know, especially when we came from that, we came together, we made a child, you have your companion there with you to go through all these life events with your kids and yourself uh, and your partner for that matter. It, you really do start feeling like, wow, I miss companionship. That was, that was something I definitely noticed about myself was I needed that companionship. Kind of getting to my acceptance took a long time. I was traveling a lot for work and at certain at a certain point, I was driving through the desert in California all by myself. It was three o'clock in the morning, Cali time. The sun was down. The moon was bright and just lighting up the desert. I had to make this flight at LAX racing through the desert. And I, it just kind of hit me like this weird light switch where it, it wasn't over time. It just literally snapped me out of my funk that uh, there are no good marriages that have ever ended in divorce and uh, Louis CK quotes. yeah you know I was listening to that on Spotify and I really hope that Spotify decides to sponsor us at some point for that little toss in right there yeah Louis CK is the man dude he really made it sound like oh my goodness now there's really someone else that I can relate to none of my <laughs> friends are divorced none of my friends that are close to me have gone through something like this they've all lost girlfriends but they've never had this serious companion loss it hit me it really hit me that I, start, I stopped thinking of, oh, we had all these good times together. Oh, we did this and we had this beautiful family and we built this life. And then I remembered all the terrible things that had <laughs> ever gone on. And, and it was this light switch. And I said, wow, my train of thought completely changed. That was the whole idea of reframing. We, I took this idea of what I had and started thinking about it in a different way. And all of a sudden, that was it. That's all I needed to get through it. And, you know, I started going back to the gym and, and taking care of myself again. Uh, I got involved in adult hockey. I had been playing it since I was three. I stopped playing when I was 17 when I got injured. But I realized that, you know what, I really enjoyed doing that. And you know what, I'm going to do it again. So yeah, I got myself thanks. back out there. Yeah, thanks for making for for you know noting that it was adult hockey because I I don't think people were going to confuse you with going to play children's hockey. Well, I mean, with the way I was playing that first season, they should have stuck me in mini mites. So. Um, and my question, my question is: through all of this, how much did Dallas Green help? You know what? I actually had to stop listening to Dallas for a while. He was hurting. It, it, it it's not because. Um, he has this really sad music. It's just that I had to divest myself of things that she and I really enjoyed. And that, oh, like, we went man. to, like, multiple shows. Like, we met him a couple times. We hung out with him. Like, it was very hard for me to sit there and listen to it without actually being like, oh, I miss those nights. Oh, that like I had to cut it out. Um, yeah. But that and that that helped too. like getting rid of all the stuff that I had from her, removing all the objects that I had kept. I think that was the first night I actually took my wedding ring off was driving home in the desert. I had kept it on for some reason, just out of posterity or sentimental or hope. Did you toss yours out the window? I didn't. I actually still have it um, as a constant reminder that that's why that ended. And oh, it's tungsten yeah. carbide, man. That thing is indestructible. So <laughs> Yeah, my uh, my first, I remember, uh, maybe I could have just elaborated on this story earlier when um, – you know, we're getting to the uh, the denial. It was at the very beginning. And I was like, hey, maybe we should go on like a little date. We'll walk around D.C. You know, we'll go to some museums. And I remember we got there. We started walking around and we were talking. She's like, you know, this is not a date, right? I'm like, wait, what? 
<laughs> like, this is what I had set up. Like, what do you mean? Uh, we argued all through DC, walking back to the car after we got off the subway, or not the subway, but after we, you know, got on the highway and uh, I tossed that fucking ring right out the window, dude. Yeah, you know, and sometimes that's what it takes is to divest ourselves of those attachments. And I'm going to tell you, as soon as I did, I felt a little better. It's just letting it go. You had to let it go. Yeah. But that and was then, all part of the anger thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah I mean, so part of it is, you know, so we, we we did say, you know, getting into the reframing again was that you really do have to kind of take a look at yourself. Take the time to get over it. We're not saying like, okay, get out of your isolation today. But, you know, set a time limit for yourself. Say, you know, look, I, I need to be alone. I need to process. Give yourself a window to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to just kind of be quiet. I'm going to chill out for a while no. and then really make a, a, an action plan for yourself. Like I got back into the gym and the gym was probably like my savior. And I know yeah. it's probably kind of cliche, but I started working out and I started feeling better about myself. And then I started thinking, man, you know, the next girl that I meet, I want to look good for her. And no, that was great motivation to really get back in and really start thinking. And I, I was able to place myself out of the divorce, put myself back into, oh, there's other people out there. There's no scarcity. I can meet a lot of great people out here. There's there's not just this one person for me. So I, I did. I And I actually wound up meeting quite a few people after that. And not all of them were successful relationships, but it, it really did give me that mindset of, okay, it's going to be okay. I can get through this. Yeah, that's good. And But you know, one thing you said that I'm not entirely uh, agreeance with is like you, you're saying that you want to set yourself a time. I, I don't I don't really believe so much of the time. Just let nature take its course. But what would really help you accepting these stages of grief and understanding when you're in them and then it'll help you cope with them. Right. But I know the one thing you talked about um, offline with me was how and I know, guys, calm down. We're about to say this, but JC kept a journal. And yeah. as silly as that sounds, putting those emotions down, even if you're not saying them, but putting them on paper. It was a Hello Kitty diary, dude. Well, okay. I wasn't <laughs> going to say that. I was trying to nah. keep you a little bit of dignity left. No, but. no. It wasn't a Hello Kitty diary. But uh, for certain, if, if there's anything you want to say to your ex, jot it down in your journal. And just if you want to be completely angry at her and just get it all in a journal, because when it's all said and done, nobody's reading it but you and you can destroy the evidence. Like you can even plan someone's murder. Wow. I wouldn't Um, say come through with it, but you can definitely, (laughs) you know, if it helps you, you know, to to just get it all out is what I'm saying. Like, don't do that kind of crazy stuff because, you know, write it down. I'm telling you, it will help. It does. Um, and even if you it's, it's kind of the rule of thumb with sending an angry email is which you write it into like, you know, a word doc or a notepad or text mate. If you're cool on a Mac, you write it down and then just delete it. There's something called boomerang for Gmail. It's a little thing you install in Chrome, but you write this email and then you set a time, you say two days and it'll actually send it out to the boomerang server and then it'll kick back to you two days later. And then you can really decide if you want to send it or not. The same thing applies. Like don't send the angry email, write it down somewhere else. Let that be your emotional gauze. Yeah. A good 24 hours to sit on it is, is very helpful. It really is. And you know what guys realize this too. Every stupid email you send your ex, it's a record. It may come back to haunt you and bite you in the butt. You have to treat your ex almost like, like, uh, like a business partner in a sense. So you wait, how many angry send- emails have you not sent me now? <laughs> no, I let them all go to you, dude. I know, I know. Let the fury fly. 
But yeah, when it comes to my exes, I'm just I try not to uh, say anything that's going to hurt me. And there are times where I will write an email and I'll look at it. I'll get rid of it. I'll rewrite it. I'll look at it. I'll get rid of it. And then I just won't write an email. And it's good emotional. Just get it out. Throw it out there. You really can. I mean, I never thought I could write an angry email. There were a couple times when I just had my fill of things, threw it into that that email and said, you know what? I should probably not send this. Started writing all my emails in uh, a notepad first <laughs> when I was angry. And it really did save my butt a couple times because if I had sent those, I'm sure I would have ended up jobless or a few business partners would have been very upset. You're uh, a jerk. <laughs> I can. I, I can be sometimes. <laughs> Okay, so, so uh, yeah, go ahead and get into our... Yeah, so let's kind of wrap it up. Um, <laughs> we're getting close to 30 minutes. So basically, we wanted to say that, look, recognize that it's okay to have different feelings. It's, it's okay to feel sad and angry and exhausted. I can't even tell you how depression made me tired all the time and frustrated. There was a lot of confusion. So And these feelings are can be really intense. Um, sometimes you get those really high highs and the low lows and there's no balance into any of it. You know, it's okay to feel these things. You know, you can actually feel anxious about the future. So just accept that reactions like these are a lesson. Uh, they'll lessen over time. And that uh, even if the marriage was unhealthy, venturing into the unknown is frightening. So, you know, give yourself a break. No one is Superman. We definitely had to take our time to heal and regroup and re-energize. Get that guy time. Get your, your social circle rebuilt and really hang around the guys that you want to be with yeah, that are going to make uh, you better people. And, and uh, don't go through this alone. You know, sharing your feelings with friends and families, you know, they can help you get through this period. And if you need outside help, you know, don't be afraid to uh, seek it from a professional. And again, <laughs> we are here as well to listen. So we know how tough this is, you know, and, you know, him and I and quite a few others have been through it. So we will definitely listen, you know, take the time, you know, to start rebuilding your social circle and work on all the things that you've wanted to do. Like maybe going back to the gym or start that hobby, you know, even getting back into an a adult sports league you know, not, <laughs> not, like... not the kids league right okay all right unless you're really that bad and then well maybe you might want to start there <laughs> yeah because you know isolating yourself could raise your stress levels reduce your you know concentration and it just gets in the way of your work and relationships and overall health so yeah. don't be afraid to get outside help if you need it Absolutely. And and most importantly, um, you want to be able to there, be there for your kids. If you're in that divorce situation or separation where you do have kids, they see you going through this. They, my kids saw me going through this. You know, it wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for them. Uh, because that's how they're going to start recognizing how to deal with any loss. But once I started getting through it, and now my kids have seen me go through other relationships that haven't been successful, uh, but they've been a part of, I treat that differently now. So I know how to get through it, be the dad that they need me to be while I'm still dealing with some of these emotions. And because of that, you know, I'm not scared to actually have my daughter come home for the first time and, you know, with her first heartbreak, I have to set that model example for her to say, look, you know, we're going to get through this. It's okay to feel these feelings, but, you know, you, you it does go on. Life goes on and we're going to get through it. So we're going to focus on picking herself up and, and getting on with life. Yeah, so. but another thing, too, is when it comes to kids, uh, don't show your anger to them if at all possible. Oh, 
That's the worst. You never ever want to talk bad about your nope. ex. That's that's what's really t- that's what's really hard when it comes to kids is you have to keep it cool, man. You really have to keep it cool. They are sponges and they are also repeaters. <laughs> they will go back and say, "Well, daddy said this or mommy says this." There are also stages of grief for children. Like when parents go through a divorce, believe it or not, your kids go through it too and they go through it in a similar way. Well, I'm the I'm the child of divorce. My parents are split. Um, my dad lives in Arizona. My mom lives in New Jersey, and uh, they've been like that forever, ever since probably, gosh, I was 10. Yeah, I, I saw a counselor. Um, I got through it a lot better than my sister did. Um, I recognized that it was better to see them apart than it was to see them yelling at each other all the time. To say that it didn't have an impact on my relationships would be a lie. Like it's definitely impacted the way I have relationships now with with people. But getting through it and, you know, making sure I have the right people around me to talk to and having that core group of guys to go to and really being able to open up to them without having them judge me. I mean, occasionally I get a little bit from JC over here, but <laughs> Yeah, you do. <laughs> I give it to you every day, man. You do every day, and I need it. Just a firm kick in the butt. But we want to thank you guys for tuning in. I know we're kind of dragging over the 30-minute mark here. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us ramble on, and hopefully this is helpful to you guys. Uh, remember, call us, email us. I think JC's got the email. I think I have an email. You think you do? It, it might be support at thelifeofdads.com, right? Yeah, it could be that one. It, it could be. All right, great. It probably is that it one, could. as a matter of fact. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I think it, it is. It is that one. Excellent. All right. Well, this has been Reframing, guys, and we thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye.